Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast, everybody. This is the last summer edition. We're pitching sequels. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. With me is Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hey, hey, Tom. I guess he couldn't get over what happened last summer. (laughs) Is that your title? No. Because that would be magic. That's a line from I'll always know what you did last night. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, I guess he couldn't get over what happened last summer. I wonder if they like they just started writing the movie and they were like, we'll say it as many times as we can in as many ways as we can think of. One of them will stick as a title. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them ever did and they're like, guess we're just going to have to I guess we'll go one. with this. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a special episode in which we are pitching a sequel to the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. Yeah. Tom, Mm -hmm. more than anything, I'm just excited to see where you go with the title. Uh, You may. It doesn't seem to me. It doesn't seem to me that you can (laughs) sass this shit up with numbers. Am I wrong? You might not be wrong, however, I have done it anyway. <laughs> so, my sequel is called I Know What You Did for Summer. <laughs> Are you adding so, five S's on the end? Well, no. So, the this is the problem the S needs to be in parentheses. But once again, I'll let the marketing people deal with that. Their problem. Uh, not mine. I'm, I'm the ideas guy. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'm taking full advantage of the time travel technology we have in pitching these sequels. Uh-huh. And so, um, the movie... When's it take place? The movie takes place... Uh, it starts in 1998. Ooh, nice. So we have, and I want, you know, I want 1998 Brandy and Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Um, But I also want them to age. No Jennifer Love? Eight. We'll get there. Yeah, her too. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, So, and they age eight years. So again, making use of this, of this time machine we have here. No. Hey. We can do all this because time doesn't exist in these sequels that we're making. Uh, and I want to answer some big, you know, unresolved questions from this franchise. Uh, what happened to Brandy and Freddie Prince Jr.? Right. Were they part- That's never explicitly stated in the movies that they are killed. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big question, how did Ben Willis become the fisherman? Oh, Nice. And I think he was just out. a fisherman, Tom. <laughs> well, a more appropriate question is, 
is Ben Willis the fisherman? Hey, hey. And also, I want to know how he became a ghost. So, um, <laughs> that's, another, that's another big thing. So, this movie will answer this, and uh, in terms of the timeline, what it does is it, it it covers the eight years in between the second and third movie, but two years at a time. Oh, so we my. get the four summers, four summers, eight years. Um. So. Uh, Julie, in 1998, Julie goes missing. Her body's never found. Hey, hey. Brandy and Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, devote all their devote all their time to you know searching for her because she's just considered a missing person at this point because no body's been found. Okay. After two years of searching for them and spending so much time together, they start to fall in love. A la. Um, Vera Miles and uh, right. Sam Loomis in um, Psycho. Psycho. That's the, where the resemblances to a good horror movie end. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, two years they go to their, after two years they go to their, um, they go to a lake house. You know, they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be kind of an anniversary of when she, when Julie went missing. They end up kissing, end up getting romantic on the end of the pier. We pan into the water and we see Julie in the water watching them. In a slicker? No, not in a slicker. Okay. So she's, for the last two years, she's been kept in an sh- underwater shark cave with like <laughs> limited oxygen by Ben Willis, who's not dead, by the way. Okay. Let's throw that in. He's just fl- he just got out. You know they should have put more leaves on him. He got out of the grave, <laughs> right? Uh, took the boat back, and he's just kind of keeping her basically as as bait in a fish farm. Uh, literally keeping her on the hook for the past two years, and she's lost. The, you know she's been trying to escape for so long, but she's lost the will to to do it. Then she sees Brandy and her her uh, ex fiance um, hooking up. And that's what motivates her to escape. However, during the escape, she dies. <laughs> she manages to kill. She manages to kill the fisherman. Uh, sorry, manages to kill Ben Willis. Wow! But she dies. She drowns them both while she's trying to escape. So two years have passed. Brandy and Freddie Prince Jr. are married. They, um, uh, you know, they're they're newlyweds. Uh, a, a zombified Julie emerges from the water, wearing Ben Willis's clothes because those are the he died too, and she just takes the clothes off the corpse and wears wears that. Now she is a blue zombie, and she goes and she goes and on their wedding night hunts them down. She only manages to kill Freddie Prince Jr. Brandy gets away. Turns out Brandy is pregnant. That's why they were getting married. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to two years later. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now she has a two-year-old kid to defend. And Julie stroke the fisherman, who is in fact a reanimated Julie, not a reanimated uh, Ben Willis. In okay. a nice, you know, Mrs. Voorhees, Jason Voorhees switch. <laughs> right. Um, chases her down. Um, and then... Uh, 
manages to kill her, but the kids she manages to Brandy manages to save her kids and and hides them from uh from the fishermen. So flash forward the the, the Oh wow. <laughs> the, flash forward another two years and a kid who's now like been adopted by another family and the four year old kid and now Julie is chasing them. And where has this child been adopted? Like what where where has she moved to with her new adopted family? Broken Ridge, Colorado, <laughs> the center of the known universe. <laughs> and uh and she's not a character in this, but in in the in the new movie, because the timeline doesn't work. But uh anyway, basically this kid gets away. Some of her new adopted family get killed as well. But that's how the legend of the fisherman, who is not Ben Willis, but Julie, reanimated as a corpse. Wow, you really wanted to connect these two. I did, yeah. Uh, and so she just, she just the fisherman, the fisherman or fisherwoman, as she should more accurately be called. Correct. Um, is now just knocking about Broken Ridge, Colorado. Look, looking for some kids who've covered up a murder to kill after one year. Fucking well played. All right. That's my movie. <laughs> it's delightfully ridiculous. How long do you... Uh, how long is each two years? Like, are we spending 25 minutes on each two years or... Yeah, that would, that would work, yeah. It depends. We might spend more on the first... The first two... Nice. I think because there's a lot, there's a lot to do in that mm-hmm. first two years. Well, so that so the and and the the other point is this will rescue the franchise in the will it once that kid <laughs> <laughs> once that kid grows up we could have more sequels. It'll be like it'll be like uh, what? So it's born in let's say ninety eight. When will it have been born? Two thousand two. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, it'll be a teenager. You can have another sequel. Right. Carry on the franchise. So dare I say it, this is win-win for I know you did this summer thing. <laughs> I genuinely forgot the name of the film. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, my uh, like one of my biggest problems was just trying to come up with a title. Yeah. Well, because based on what they did, you like you can't. You, I'll always know what you did last summer. There's really nowhere else to go. You can't say, "I totally know what you did all the summers ago." <laughs> grammatically, your yeah, hands are tied. grammatically, exactly. Grammatically, your hands are tied. <laughs> so I decided to go with. I'm going to kill you this summer. I'm going to kill you yeah. this summer. Okay, I like it. I like that we've got we've gone. I, I'll, yeah. I'm. It was the only place for me to go. Was was instead of putting it on them, I know what you did. It's this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the I'm of your movie? It is. Ben's son. Who is dead? No. 
he didn't, didn't die. die. Oh. So, I'm setting it 2020. It's now. Cool. And I'm doing a... Uh, well, maybe that's too... Deri- anyway, my, my original idea was it's kind of a Halloween thing. Uh-huh. Like the, the most recent incarnation. <laughs> because, of course, this series doesn't plagiarize Halloween right. at all. <laughs> but like you... So the one p- place where we're similar, except you want a movie to add as a bridge yeah. to more sequels later. Yeah. I I thought of having Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. as parents to a now 20-year-old daughter. But how does Julie survive? Oh, you solved that like you did in number two. That was a dream. Okay. <laughs> I, lo- I love that I'm asking these difficult questions, having just pitched a film <laughs> in which a reanimated corpse yeah. of Julie is the killer. And I'm, and I'm picking holes in your logic. So, so, <laughs> so for those that do know, the, the second movie, I still know what you did last summer, ends with sort it, you know, Basically ends exactly like the first movie ended, where the fisherman comes back to kill Jennifer Love Hewitt. In that movie, they have a nice home, a really nice home, by the way, for a couple of murderers. But, <laughs> but so again, the whole end to the second movie was just a dream. They are having problems in their marriage. So they're in therapy. All of those problems are about the girl. Too many hooks in the house. <laughs> yeah, right. So what I decided was instead of having kids that are complete fuck ups yeah. who do bad things and then try covering it up, I wanted a truly innocent person. Definitely. Which is their which is their daughter. And Ben's son comes back. To punish them, he's going to kill the daughter. Mm. And because the parents are having problems, because their marriage isn't going great, it's affecting the kid. So now the kid has problems with both parents. And the whole idea behind the story is they have to become a family together to get past this murdering hook bastard and kill him before he kills them. Hmm. Uh, That's the crux of it. It's exactly how you would revive this, I think. Yeah. And I just, you know. And uh, how, those, I don't know how know, else to, to put bring. To find a point on it. Those two actors ain't too busy. <laughs> not seeing a lot coming out with those two actors these days. That's not nice, Tom. Sorry. Be nice. I don't know. The client yeah. list was the last thing I saw Jennifer Love Hewitt in. Was that a TV show? I believe so. On Lifetime, I think. Okay. Just go straight to Lifetime. <laughs> a Lifetime movie? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, so at any rate, I just liked the idea of let's have one truly innocent person whose life is in danger. Yeah. Uh, more, I mean... You know, my my sequel was about answering questions that probably no one cares about. But but your your <laughs> yeah, sequel right. is about addressing 
something that's really missing at the heart of these movies, which is someone you can identify with because they've done nothing wrong. Right. Or they've done less wrong than murder and covering up a murder. <laughs> well, and I just, yeah, and I just think it, it opens up an interesting avenue for the child to talk to her parents. Like, because at some point in the movie, they're going to have to explain what's going on. Yeah. So um, imagine the, the, the trials and tribulations they've gone through in their life that they kept s- completely separate from their daughter in the interest of protecting her. Yeah. And now this opens up the avenue of you didn't tell, like, do you have any idea how important it is what happened to you that you just didn't tell me? Mm-hmm. You know? So there's that sense of betrayal. So you, you have no reference to I'll always know. No? Nope. <laughs> Interesting. So you're you're Jaws 3Ding it out of the Yeah, it's it's timeline. it's I'm not saying it can't have happened. I'm just saying they wouldn't know anything about it because I unlike you, I'm not you know, there's no magical realism, there's no there's no mystify mystification, there's no you know, there's nothing mystic or anything about this movie. There's nothing supernatural. Hmm. The killer is back, but in the form of the sun. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So is is Ben 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 is dead. What's ben that? Ben's father is dead. Yes. Uh okay. She shot him nine times. Right. I had this idea in my head of like a hook going into Ben's chest that went like through the rib cage and then hooked around the heart, <laughs> not hitting anything. <laughs> It came back out. That's why I use hooks. You have, they always miss the heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, and if someone and decides have to hook a, me, they're gonna miss my organs like, yeah. completely. Right. Have you ever seen Hard to Kill, Steven Seagal? I have not, but and we'll have no chance to do it on this show, even though it feels like nope. a sequel. It is not. It's not. No, I have not. But essentially, the cop gets shot all to shit at the beginning of the Actually, movie. Actually, I, I, I have. That's the that's the movie where he goes into a coma for quite a while. Yeah. In the movie and when he's in the coma, he looks like Steven Seagal looks like now. Right. <laughs> so exactly right, and he gets all shot up. Everybody thinks he's dead. The cops are leaving, and then a doctor comes out, and he's like, "Can I talk to someone?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know, to like his friend that's the cop." And he's like, "Yeah, what do you got?" And he's got what I've got is a a live cop. So now he's like going to hush it up. And it's that kind of thing of like, this kid's not dead. Oh, so there's a, there's a cover up. Yeah. So, oh, okay. How did he get, so he's in the, he, he wakes up in the Bahamas. But as far as anybody would know, he's not the murderer. He would just got, he's one of the victims. Yeah, that's good. He's just another victim. People will treat him like he's one of the victims. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like very smart, hard to kill. You know, it was a hard road back. <laughs> he was a, and is he also a? It was a hard road back for. Is he also a? Go ahead. Semi-skilled martial artist like Steven Seagal. <laughs> he is not, but he's he's been he's been honing his killing skills for twenty years. Does he now need a chair in all his movies? <laughs> 
he does his killing slump from a chair. He's not Steven Seagal. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, that's my sequel, everyone. That's great. So, yeah. I, I love that we have two vastly different sequels. You let us know what you think. Which sequel do you like? Uh, do you have a sequel of your own? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know. Tweet, at, tweet that shit out. Yeah. We'll put polls on Twitter and Facebook. There you go. And uh, we, uh, we, we just, uh, I just received the results of our Superman sequel. Nice. Uh, where the people re- re- prefer Doucheman or um, the Brainiac and the Red Sun story that you pitched. How many people voted? Four or five? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you, uh, I combine the Twitter and uh, Facebook results because that means I win. <laughs> um, but I won. I won by like one. You what? I won. If we were going off Facebook, you would have won. If we do Facebook and Twitter combined, um, you're I not repeat. Like, you're not repeating votes, are you? Not that I'm aware of. All right. <laughs> but don't look too closely into who owns those accounts. <laughs> I'll take that as a victory. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Snrub is a real man. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. G. G. Dodson 69. <laughs> you let us know what you like. Send us an email at everythingsequel at gmail.com. Let us know. That's it for the last summer series. I'm glad to be done with it. How about you, Tom? Yeah, well, I think that applies both to the podcast and the franchise. I don't think we'll be seeing the reboot of this anymore. No. All right, take care, everybody. Until next time. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.